he just doesn't really really think about the fan as a fan he doesn't really think about the player as people he thinks about all of us as a dollar sign and he wants to move the pieces in order to maximize the number of dollar signs that go to his bosses that is just the way that it is evil not evil whatever you you know whatever you think that means it's just very transactional he's just a, that's just the way it is that was Mets relief pitcher Trevor May telling us what we already know about Rob Manfred. He's a crook. He's a criminal. He's a disgraceful bastard. He's a blemish. He's an embarrassment to Major League Baseball. And it is reported, I'll talk about this a little bit more later in another edition of Old School Sport. I'm Victor Pusateri, once again, going solo. But Manfred is expected, I'm recording this episode Wednesday night, is expected to address the media on Thursday. And many people think it's going to be the announcement of a delay to spring training. Which means I'm probably going to have to wait even longer to see Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in the same rotation. If I get to see them at all at this point with how the way things are going. But this is old school sport. Like I said, it is Super Bowl week. I will break down the big game in just a little bit. A lot of great storylines heading into the matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and LA Rams. I will talk about the joke that is the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden trying to force his way out of Brooklyn. Where I've heard that story before. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, nine straight losses. You gotta love it. But guess what the greatest thing is? I'll tell you in just a little bit. But first... This is a special edition of of List of the Week because I was thinking about what I should do this week. And obviously, the first one that came to mind was top three Super Bowls uh, that I've seen, or top three in general. And of course, you know what I'm going to say. Super Bowl 42, Giants defeating the previously undefeated Patriots, helmet catch, yada, yada. You don't need to hear that for the hundredth time. I decided to go a different route. And I'm going to count down because, and I'm saying this for the first time ever, I am more excited for the Super Bowl halftime show than I am the game. And that's not to say I'm not excited for the incredible matchup. I believe it is going to be a great game between the Cincinnati Bengals and LA Rams. But with the Super Bowl being back in LA, they got a star-studded hip-hop halftime show mary j blige snoop dogg the legendary snoop dogg the legendary kendrick lamar and then two of my favorite artists kendrick's in my top five snoop dogg right outside and then mary j blige and i listen i'll be honest with you i know family affairs and that's about it and i also learned that she was married to biggie and i found that out from my dad so Shout out to my dad for knowing something that I never would have thought he would have known. But I'm getting off point. I'm so excited to see my favorite artist, Eminem, and one of my favorite, the man who produced Eminem, who created Eminem, Dr. Dre, perform this Super Bowl halftime show. So obviously when you think of NFL, you think of great duos, you think of great combos, Jerry Rice, Montana, Moss, Brady, Moss, Gronk, uh, I'm sorry, Brady, Gronkowski, right? Top three Eminem and Dr. Dre songs 
in my opinion. And I was just going to do Eminem, but that's too hard for me because I love so many of his songs. You might know I it borderlines on obsession, OCD, uh, with how much I love Eminem. And uh, my sisters will be the first to tell you how annoying I am with my fandom. But top three Eminem and Dr. Dre songs. And number three, I had to throw on the list out of respect, even though even though it's not my favorite of theirs. I think it's a great song, don't get me wrong. Forgot about Dre. Obviously, uh, you know, classic. Uh, really one of the first songs to uh, get Eminem onto the scene. Uh, Dr. Dre was obviously big at the time with his NWA days and then going solo. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, really, just quick. I'm not going to go too much into the explanation of why I love the songs. Because I'll be honest with you, a lot of my favorite Eminem songs, a lot of my... Uh, favorite Eminem verses are things that are pretty obscene and you might think I'm a closet psychopath but I truly think that there is a difference between saying and in this case rapping than actually doing some unlawful activities so I'm just going to throw that out there I'm not going to get too much into why I like the songs uh, because it's really uh, I can't explain it without feeling judged so uh just want to throw that out there number two for me is and this was tough because there's been a couple of great songs that have just come out with these two but i'm going guilty conscience again can't dive too much into the details but i love the song uh again one of the earlier eminem songs that i've heard uh some shady lp uh, and then finally coming in at number one, this was tough. This is actually one of uh, more recent songs, but Mess and Man, I absolutely love Eminem's verse in uh, that song. It came out uh, just, what is it, 2022? Seven years ago, around the time Dre released. Uh, it was part of the Compton album, but around the time N.W.A. Uh, was released. So those are my top three Eminem Dr. Dre songs. But I am so excited. Just for fun, I decided to look up Super Bowl ticket prices. Just see if I should make a financial mistake. But the cheapest ticket was like six grand. And uh, I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. But I'm really hoping for a great show. My biggest thing, I mean, I love everyone that's going to perform. But I just want to know how many songs... They're each going to be able to do. I know the halftime show is longer than a traditional halftime uh, during the NFL season. But I'm just a little nervous because I, I feel like they're each going to do like maybe like one song in total and be on the stage for like five minutes. I'm, uh, I Like, I don't know. I, I just think it's weird. I do have a prediction. Dr. Dre just came out with a couple of singles. Um when them uh, actually features Eminem gospel, great song, go out and hear it. But, uh, and I promise you, this is a sports podcast, but uh, I'm going to talk about what I want because it's my podcast. What I wanted to say was, though, uh, very excited for it. I hope this opens the doors for other hip-hop artists down the road. Um, and if you hate on, I would love to see Lil Wayne. That's the first name that comes to mind after uh, these five perform. But, uh, yeah, uh, those are my top three Eminem and Dr. Dre songs. Let me know who you want to see uh, perform in the future. I'm sure one of the most popular is going to be Drake. 
Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't hate Drake. Uh, I do think that he's fake tough. Like, I almost feel like I have more street cred than Drake does. Um, lost respect for him because he was a deadbeat dad till Pusher T made him into a dad. And I just don't love the unofficial NBA mascot. I feel like he uh, takes attention away from the game when he goes to the Toronto games. And uh, he's very much a Fairweather fan like most celebrities are. Uh, and I feel like this Super Bowl halftime show has a chance to be one of the better ones in recent memory. Uh, Beyonce was so overrated. Oh, she's so powerful. She did a formation. Yeah, that, that that's very uh, inspirational. Hell of a job. Beyonce uh give me Rihanna uh for Super Bowl halftime show give me Rihanna over Beyonce any day um but I hope future rappers not mumble rappers will perform uh in Super Bowl halftime shows uh moving forward but a lot of great names come to mind but yeah so uh, like I said I I promise you I promise you this is a sports podcast I was just very much uh excited to see my boy perform this upcoming Sunday and I still have hopes that he releases a new album very soon. Anyway, moving on. I will get back to the Super Bowl talk in just a little bit. But I want to finish my point on Manfred. And uh, I think I mentioned this at the top of the show. But baseball is expected to announce the delay of the 2022 uh, MLB spring training. And many think that this will... Uh, continue for longer than just a minor delay but it will affect regular season play as well too uh i just found out today that players do not get paid for spring training i mean they get paid a lot of money so uh i i guess that they don't break it down per spring training but i found that a little interesting today but manfred's a clown uh i absolutely loved what showman called him on twitter i i hope he gets a trademark and i would honestly buy one of these shirts but man clown he called him you heard whichever may had to say about him the guy's just evil the guy's just a prick uh when you lay it all down uh the guy doesn't know what he's doing he's incompetent he's selfish he's greedy um you know what maybe i shouldn't be he doesn't know what he's doing in making the game better making the league better but he knows exactly what he's doing in terms of trying to drain the fan players of every single cent he can and keep his owners uh keep his bosses the owners uh wallets heavy and full uh so that they remain happy but it's an absolute joke uh mlb once again oh oh did you hear too steroids uh the deal for uh testing for steroids expired so now the MLB will not be uh, testing players for steroids. So don't don't be shocked if players start to look a little bit bigger. And I can't wait for, I mean, we just, uh, I talked about it in the last episode. I can't wait for another steroids debated topic in just another couple of decades where we're talking about some of the greatest players to not be voted in. But none of them were held accountable at the time. Can't wait for that topic on uh, hopefully a much larger platform in, what, probably 20 years. But... Yeah, so Manford contain. I I mean, I mean it, it's it, it's a problem, and we know that popularity of baseball has been the problem for a while now. A lot of people say that the sport is too slow, and there's losing interest among it. I mean, this doesn't help. Uh, you know, you you want to argue about money 
And, and I get it, the players are somewhat to blame as well, too, because, you know, my dad made a great point. I mean, they're being paid to play a game, a, a children's sport, and they're getting paid millions on millions of dollars. I mean, people would love that opportunity for far less than what they earn right now. But at the end of the day, the owners brought this upon themselves. The Manfred uh, brought this upon himself, and he just turning people away from the sport that so many people once did love and i continue to love it i will be there well i may not physically be there for opening day when the season hope hopefully finally gets underway but uh, you, you just think about it you, you want to talk about drawing people in and 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 you can't even fill up stadiums currently you can't you, you can't even put the product on the field because you just locked out your players. I mean, get garnering interest. How are you going to garner interest when the product isn't being put out there? How it's, how it's not being produced? How it's not being played? Garner interest. Continue to grow the game. I mean, this is a joke. Uh, you know, uh, this would be bad for any league, let alone a declining league. A declining uh, in popularity league. A, a slow game like baseball. This this is like worst case scenario for them right now. And and I have hopes. I have hopes. I know people are joking about I hope Manfred steps down uh, at his press conference. I don't know if I said this already, but I'm recording this episode Wednesday night. He's scheduled to address the media on Thursday afternoon. I, I hope he steps down tomorrow during his press conference because this guy has brought nothing but shame to the great league of major league baseball let's talk about basketball for a little bit and i just i mean the trade line, trade deadline is approaching right and we already saw one big move uh unfold we saw cj mccollum get traded to the new orleans Pelicans. Now, this is this is my take. First off, I don't think that the Trailblazers got enough for C.J. McCollum, right? Nor do I think that this was a great move for the Pelicans. And I just don't... To me, this is reminiscent of... And I, I hate to compare the two because one has a, you know, one has a historical great, legendary great, and Greg Popovich part of their organization, but I just mean the current state that they're in, in terms of not competing at a high level, not not actually contending. And I I think that this trade of CJ McCollum to New Orleans is similar to what DeRozan had happened to him with the Spurs. I really think that McCollum, I, I don't know how much longer McCollum has on his deal, but I do not think that we're going to see high productivity out of McCollum. I think that this is going to be the least we hear about McCollum during his time in the Pelicans. They are a dysfunctional organization. I do not think that this makes Zion want to stay with them that much more. I think that McCollum will find success elsewhere now that his Blazers uh, time is done. He's been shipped off to go to the Pelicans to possibly see his career die. However, if he gets another shot elsewhere, I think we will see a reemergence. And I'm rooting for him. I know the Knicks were uh, in talks a little bit, but I really think it was just to drive up the price for the Pelicans because uh, I just didn't see a... I, I don't think that he puts them over the top. Uh, nor would it have been a great trade unless they were able to get rid of Randall. But I don't. I didn't see that happening. 
the trade deadline is approaching. And you want to talk about two of the biggest headaches this offseason. I mean, you think about two of the biggest headaches in this NBA season, not offseason, this season. They play on the same team in James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Now, James Harden, stop me if you've heard this before. James Harden is doing everything he can to be traded. Didn't we see this happen once before, but only in Houston instead of Brooklyn, which it is happening this time around? James Harden, okay, is right there with Steph Curry as one of the most overrated players in NBA history. Everyone talks wanna talks about his run that he went on where he scored fifty plus points with a huge Okay, let's look back and see how many free throws took part of that. Let's let's remember that the NBA has changed the rules mainly because of players like James Harden with uh the egregious fouls that have been called. Or that were once called the joke of the fouls that were once called and now they they in, instilled a rule to prevent fake fouls from being called. Let's remember that James Harden was a critical cornerstone in that change happening, right? James Harden has not won anything by himself. He has not won anything in his NBA career. The man shies away from the big moment. The man does not show up when his team needs it most. The man is not clutch. James Harden is a fraud of an NBA star. All right, and to be honest with you, if I'm Brooklyn, I'd be I I would have never made the trade for him in the first place. But here's the thing: I would be begging people to take him. He is a fraud. He is he's a joke. I don't understand the love fest around him. He's one of these players that the NBA can't get enough of. The man is a fraud. He has not won anything. He's not shown up in the most important times of games. I give me give me someone else. However, give me almost anybody else except for Ben Simmons because here's the thing about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will be eaten alive. It well, so here's the thing. I I was about to say this. So I really think Ben Simmons would be eaten alive in New York media. However, we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets. They're not really a New York team. If they were, there'd be a lot more media coverage. There'd be a lot more fan fallout. There'd be a lot more uh, chaos in the great city that is New York with the hardest hitting media coverage in the nation. He would not survive. He would be eaten alive in New York with the media that we have. However, he plays for the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, okay, have lost nine streets. They have three of the biggest names in the league. And guess what? The media... New York basketball fans, they don't care. We do not care. We do not acknowledge the Brooklyn Nets. They are a joke of a franchise. They have joke of players. I mean, one of their biggest stars missed more than half the season so far because of a vaccine mandate. They have James Harden, who they went out and got, who they were, they were, manipulated they were duped they were tricked that he would be a good sport this time around he's pulling the same thing he did with houston once things get tough he runs away he puts his tail in between his legs and wants to run away this has been all brought up imagine the knicks with these 
headlines. Imagine the Knicks with these stories unfolding the way that they are. They got embarrassed. The Nets got embarrassed by the Boston Celtics, okay, for their ninth straight loss. And by the time this episode comes out, they may have lost even more. What is unraveling right now in Brooklyn? I, I, I mean, it just... And, it's just amazing. Like, nobody cares. They, they've they lost more games in a row than they have fans. They're a color scheme team. They're a joke. The experiment is not working out. And I love every single second of it. They got a snake in the player of Kevin Durant who thought this was his opportunity to win it all. Yet, he went to the... B team of New York, the minor league team of New York, so that the the lights, the pressure wouldn't be exactly on him. Kyrie follows him, thinks the Nets are the cool team now. And then they bring over their buddy James Harden <laughs> to try a OKC part two type run. And everything has failed. And honestly, I couldn't be happier. I really couldn't. I couldn't be happier for those miserable players. For the soft skin, the thin skin, Kevin Durant, the egotistical, the crazy Kyrie Irving, and then the bum that is James Harden. Couldn't be happier that it's failing in Brooklyn. Couldn't be happier that they were proven wrong. The Lakers, another failed super team, so it seems. I first off, Anthony Davis made of glass and and the media anyway to Put him on his pedestal. They will. You you know their love affair with LeBron James. I you know can't. I, I mean I, I don't even have to say. Everyone knows how obsessed they are with LeBron James. So uh, you you see it every single day when you put on a sports television network. How much they love LeBron James. But Russell Westbrook, I feel really bad for, and he's not playing good basketball. He he's he's very bad. And and you know how much I love Russ, right? He's one of my all-time favorite players. And I think we're finally seeing a burnt-out Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying that he's ever been a great shooter, okay? Or a best teammate to fit a certain scheme and all that, right? But he's playing exceptionally bad basketball. And I just think that he's starting to decline in his play in all aspects in all aspects of the game. And I just think that his flame is running out. He can't do what he once did. He can't do what he did during his MVP season in OKC. I didn't like this fit to begin with. I did not think the Lakers just became the favorite to win the West. I didn't. And and you're seeing their risk. You're seeing how it's playing out. They're losing. They're losing big time right now. And where do you go? Where do you go? I mean, I, I don't know if I finished my point or not, but Ben Simmons for James Harden? Hell no. I'd, I, if I was either team, I wouldn't take that. Okay? James Harden, like I said, is a bum, a fraud. I don't care who he's playing with. Ben Simmons has missed 
the entire season so far. He will be he's mentally weak. He can't handle New York. I don't think Ben Simmons would handle LA. And here's the thing, they don't have anything to give up for him. They don't have anything to give up for James Harden. Russell Westbrook, that's not gonna that's a dream scenario. If they can dump Russ in one of those trades, that's a dream scenario. The Lakers would sign that up in a heartbeat. The only thing is to trade Russ in that trade the rest has to be a boatload, and they don't have it right now. They don't have assets to trade for a player like that where the demand is still high from that team. The asking price is still high for Benton Simmons. The asking price is still high for James Harden. Even though they those teams want to get rid of them, the Lakers still don't have enough to obtain one of those pieces. I don't really know where the Lakers go from here. I think this was really their plan from the start. And they were going to ride this out whether it worked or not. Because there's not much else they can do. I don't know. We'll see how things shake out. We're getting close to the All-Star break. Like I said, trade deadline approaching. It's crazy. Uh, I gave a lot of a lot of raving reviews, predictions for the Miami Heat. They currently hold the number one seed in the East, the West. You know, you got the heavy hitters like the Golden State Warriors still doing their thing. Clay's back. The Nuggets are always there. But it'll be it'll be interesting how the second half plays out and uh, how we wind down. The first half, but moving on, the NFL. So obviously Super Bowl week, right? But here's the thing: I gotta make just real quick. What a joke the Pro Bowl is. Now, I really haven't made an attempt to watch the Pro Bowl since I was what about maybe ten, right? Because I know it's a joke, and I know that the players, but. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. It's become a two-hand touch game with pads on. And listen, I I really want to know what the NFL, what the profits are from doing a Pro Bowl. Are Are they contracted to do something? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, the players don't care for it. I couldn't even imagine how bad the ratings were. I know I know people are going to miss football and I, me myself are depressed and there are some people who just will watch any sort of football but in my opinion, I saw the game because I was at work. You can't even call that football. You can't call that tackle football. And really just do away with it altogether. Now, I've seen for some time I was even a fan of this idea of picking the two worst teams, the two worst teams in uh, record-wise, and they duel it out, and whoever wins gets the first overall draft pick. see a lot of problems with that, uh, but the number one issue that comes to mind is safety because players are hurt in playing a Pro Bowl game. Now, imagine a game where you had to go all out, and you may not even be part of that team the following year. Imagine being the quarterback for that team, being a veteran, and having to play that game, and there's a good chance with the number one overall draft pick, they draft your successor. Like I, I just, I just don't see an instance or a scenario where that makes sense. So I'm out on that. But to me, just get rid of it. And 
you know, I always suggest doing something like a a combine for professional athletes. You know, back in the day, I'm not sure if they still do this, but they would have linemen bench press as much as they can. Uh, throwing competitions, I know they did away with that. You know, do something like that. Do something a little more fun. I mean, they do dodgeball. I, I couldn't really give a shit about NFL players playing dodgeball. But at this point, I, I just think it's worthless. Uh, I don't think that... I think it's wasting people's time. They don't even do it in Hawaii anymore. And I feel like that was a big perk for players because, you know, you go to Florida or, or um, you know, now Vegas. They did in Vegas, I think. But, uh, uh, but now it's not even special going to Hawaii where NFL fans that don't live on the mainland can go and see... Uh, NFL action. They, they don't even do that. So what's the point of it, honestly? And players are against it. Players have criticized the effort this past game, both former and current players. So what's the point, honestly? And uh, you know, before I get into Super Bowl talk, once again, Brian Flores, Hugh Jackson, uh, the former coach of the Cleveland Browns, absolutely embarrassed himself, uh, said that the Browns owner... Uh, paid him to lose games, and then not even a week later, which I I mocked him for on last week's episode, not even a week later came out and said, well, I was never offered money to lose games. Okay, so you lied. You completely fed out lied. And, uh, you know, he, he's he's a joke. He's an embarrassment. Uh, a coach that lost 16 games, 0-16 in one season, and still retained his job. Give me a fucking break. The, the man should not have any sort of say any sort of uh credibility when it comes to uh football opinions or or uh football takes in my opinion but brian floor is continuing this lawsuit against the nfl and a couple of franchises including my new york giants did you see that uh after lovey smith became head coach of the houston texans and there's a lot a, a lot of controversy whether or not that was um you know, not validated, but credible, I, I guess you could say. Because there was a, there were a couple rumors going around that Josh McCown was their favorite, but then Houston got cold feet and thought it would be a bad look if they hired a white man with no uh, coaching experience in his resume to automatically be the head coach. So <laughs> some people think that they copped out by hiring Lovey Smith, who was the defense coordinator for the Houston Texans. And they thought that hiring Lovey Smith because he's black is the better way to go. Uh, do it short term and and then down the road hire McCown. But uh, Flores came out with comments and essentially criticized the entire process and took away from Lovey Smith's accomplishments as a coach and everything. And I get it, right? He 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 did not have a good last run in the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then he was head coach of Illinois football, but but I mean, who's going to have success at Illinois Illinois College? I mean, no nobody's going to play at Illinois uh, college football. Give me a break. But Tampa Bay, who uh, who was his quarterback? I, I think Josh Freeman was his quarterback. So uh, did uh, he never had the true quarterback? I mean, Rex Roseman was probably his best quarterback back in Chicago. He was able to get the Bears to the Super Bowl one year. So definitely should not be questioning his. Uh, accomplishments. Flores to me just seems like an absolute dirtbag. He's a uh, selfish, he's a bitter son of a bitch. And uh, I really hope he has no future. Listen, again, I'm, I'll, I, I 
I'm the first to say I, I believe that Kaepernick did the right thing. I believe that there are race issues, not only in NFL, but in America, right? I do think that there need to be minority more minority head coaches as long they're, as they're the right candidates, as long as they're right hires. Listen, I really don't think that... Um, I, I think it's a joke. I think it's appalling that Eric Benimi does not have a head coach position uh, right now in the NFL. I think that he shouldn't have had the Raiders job before McDaniels did, honestly. But, and, and, and that's not to say that there aren't other head coaches around the league where I think that Benimi would be a better hire or anything like that. But if at that time, okay, the team thinks that this guy or this certain candidate is the best man for the job, so be it. I mean, that's their risk that they're taking, okay? And uh, that's just how I feel on it. And I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, the Giants were racist in how they conducted the interviews and eventually selected Dabble. I do think that uh, Flores was a true candidate, was a uh, favorite among some of the people among the Giants organization. But in the end, he didn't get the job. And I don't think that he should be playing the race card because he lost out on an unbelievable opportunity. Anyway, maybe be a better head coach and you would still be with the Miami Dolphins. Maybe not call out your quarterback and disparage him. Maybe you would have won more games, given him more confidence. Maybe make the playoffs. In three years, didn't make the playoffs with the Miami Dolphins. I'm just saying. Maybe get better results and keep your job. Super Bowl matchup. LA Rams and Cincinnati Bengals. Can we just talk about the fact that in the first... What was it? Um, When is this Super Bowl? Okay. Super Bowl 22 is Super Bowl 56. 56, sorry. I had to... Do the Roman numeral in my math for just a quick sec. But 56. In the first 54 years the Super Bowl existed, not once did a team host the Super Bowl. Yet in the last two years alone, of course Brady did last year with the Buccaneers, and then this year the Rams host it in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. The last two seasons, a team has hosted the Super Bowl. I just think that that's nuts. I think that's that's crazy. That's weird. That's weird crazy. But, listen, a lot of great storylines. And I'll be honest with you. I am 100% rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? I think that there's, I think that there's a lot of great names on both sides. And let me first get the Rams out of the way. Listen, I do not, I can't tell you how many times I've had to say this because people get, uh, people was it uh people take my tone the wrong way interpret interpret my tone the wrong way i do not hate odell beckham jr okay i did not hate him when he was on the giants did some of his angst annoy me a little bit sure yeah you know what really annoyed me though the big drops that he had in the playoffs in big games in 2015 a couple of them could have been game changers a couple of them could have been season changers all right I never wanted the Giants to sign with him long term. However, once I did, I was like, okay, this man's to stay. This man's here to stay. Uh, and, and again, he could be an electric playmaker. I just think he needed to grow up a little bit. W- once he was dealt 
I was perfectly okay with it. All right, because he wasn't helping the team win, and and I'm not saying he was the sole reason why they were losing, but it wasn't like he alone was helping them win. All right, so I felt that if we could get assets in return, it was a smart move because to me, you don't build an offense around a wide receiver. Gets traded to Cleveland, and then random points, just when when I was almost about to forget about him, essentially, he comes out with a side comment against Eli Manning or the New York Giants. And it's like, buddy, shut up. Get over it already. Like, move on, all right? Like, like I moved on from him, and then he was still taking shots at my team. So that's what irked me. That's what annoyed me. Now, he didn't have success in Cleveland, okay? And I don't know. I'm 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 still saying that he wasn't. He was not not part of the problem. Okay, but it's so clear that the bigger problem there is a the play calling, not not running it ninety percent of the time with the run backs that the Cleveland Browns have in Hunt and Chubb. But their quarterback is is inconsistent at best in Baker Mayfield. Actually, you know what? No, not not even. He's a below average quarterback at this point. He got released and he joined the Rams. And listen, he is not the reason the Rams are in the Super Bowl. He is not the number one receiver. And it's so clear. He's he's a beneficiary of defenses. So worried about one of, if not the best, receivers in the league. And that's Cooper Cup. The Rams had already a great offense installed. He was just another addition to that team. And he's made the most of it. I will admit that he's having a much better playoff performance than he did in his lone game with the Giants, where he did not show up. That's not... I mean, I mean, both things can be true. He's having a great playoff run right now, and he did not show up for the Giants in their lone playoff game. Both statements can be true. But I do not hate him. Nor am I overly rooting for or against him in the Super Bowl. Von Miller. Love Von Miller. He was my favorite, probably non-Giants player in the league for some time. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I got to think about who my new one is if it's not Von Miller. But first non-Giants jersey I got as well. Bright orange, Denver Bronco. He's now with the Rams. Love him. Wouldn't mind seeing him getting a second Super Bowl. Remember, he got Super Bowl MVP in the 2016 Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers. Matt Safford. Listen, I don't understand the arguments, the the debates going on, who has more pressure, Joe Burrows, Matt Safford. To me, Matt Stafford has silenced me and shouldn't have silenced a lot, if not all of his critics. Because I'll tell you what, I was still questionable about him until... His game-winning drive against the Buccaneers in the divisional round. Okay, I was I was impressed with his comeback against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Yes, granted the momentum changed once that drop interception happened by the 49ers, but Stafford still had to make throws, still had to go out there, still coming back from a ten-point deficit, and he got the job done. So I will no longer badmouth Stafford unless he has a horrible, typical Detroit Lion type game five interceptions something like that uh just really is the main reason why the team lost to the Bengals if they were to lose uh to the Bengals not a big Sean McFay fan I'll be honest with you and then I'm not a big fan of LA as a whole I think that they 
goddamn undeserving football team. You see that with the constant home games where they're outnumbered by visiting teams. I think that they've had too much success, uh, too much success too fast for a team that just got a football team. Uh, not a fan. I, I, I like the Lakers. I do. Uh, Kobe Bryant got me into sports. May you rest in peace. Uh, got me into basketball. Sorry, not sports. May you rest in peace. I, I get it. The Dodgers absolutely hate the Dodgers. They're frauds. They're bums. They're, uh, you know, they got a lot of annoying players. But uh, I, I just think that LA has too much and uh, they don't need a football championship on top of it as well. Now with Cincinnati, it's the complete opposite. I mean, I can't remember the last time a Cincinnati team uh, won a professional sports championship. Uh, it's got to be a couple. Uh, well, I think it was the when, no, not Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds. I, I couldn't tell you. I really not, I cannot tell you. And I think that it's just, it, it's, it's one hell of a story right now with Joe Burrow. And he's not cocky. He's confident. He has swagger. He shows up in the biggest moments. Uh, unlike Trevor Lawrence, his last meaningful college football game he showed up and balled out uh winning lsu a national title then coming straight to the nfl and having having success rookie year to miss the rest of the league due to an acl injury come back the way he did he's doing it behind a subpar offensive line but he has some big name Big-time receivers, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase Wood, a rookie season he's had. He's put up the most receiving yards uh, by a rookie receiver in NFL history this past season. It's just, uh, there's a lot to like about this Bengals team. And uh, specifically on offense, I didn't even talk about Joe Mixon, who I think when he has the opportunities, has the holes, uh, is a very good, sustainable running back. And then on defense, man, they... They they are in a dominating defense, but they show up in clutch moments. And they get after the quarterback. They they do their job. Like, I just really like how this team plays. And Zach Taylor has done an excellent job since becoming the head coach of this Bengals team. And I'm really rooting for them. I'm rooting for Cincinnati. I think that Cincinnati is bailed out because of other cities like Detroit and Cleveland that have had such awful sports histories but Cincinnati is right there with them and I'm rooting for the Bengals I'm rooting for their fans and I'm rooting for the upset I mean I mean again it, they saved their season towards the end of the end end of it and since then they've been on a roll and they just they've been be, beating good teams and to me they just have the mojo they they just have the only thing that needs that I think will that will really have an impact on this game and really determine, and we'll see it early, if this game will be one-sided contest is I'm still a little suspect about the the Bengals' offensive line against Aaron Donald, against Von Miller, against that Rams' D line because, man, Donald... Once again, he made big plays against the 49ers when he had to. He's one of, if not the best. I mean, he's a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year again. That Bengals offense is going to have its toughest test yet. And I need to see how... I mean, again, remember, it was just a couple weeks ago that Tannehill got sacked, what, nine times against the 
Titans and still found a way to win. But this Rams line, one of the best players in the game, okay, they're going to need to show up and they're going to need to, I mean, you can't, you can't stop him, but you need to contain, you need to, you need to slow down Aaron Donald as much as you can because he will impact the game. He will change the course of the game. So it will become, it will be very important. And listen, I didn't even mention him. I would have no problem whatsoever if Aaron Donald won a, a Super Bowl trophy at all. I think that he's one of the best defense players to ever do it. He's not, he's not LT level, but he's very close and uh, he's been doing it for such a long time. He's a dominant force and I'll never forget draft night where the Giants took Odell Beckham and I was like, man, so would have taken, so would have preferred Zach Martin or Aaron Donald looking at it, looking back at it. But anyway, my prediction, I'll go, I think it is going to be a good game. I think both offenses will have their day. I'm going to go 28-24 Bengals. Rams have a chance to win it at the end, but fall short. That's my prediction. That's Pusateri prediction. This was another edition of Old School Sport. Oh, last thing, just because went to an unbelievable, uh, very fun Washington Commanders renaming event. Uh, last Friday with uh, actually Nikolai's girlfriend. Shout out Maggie Reeser. Very cool. Uh, very great girl. But she had an extra ticket. She allowed me to come with her to the renaming event. Met a couple players in the Bud Light tent. Uh, Santana Moss, Alfred Morris, a couple of other Washington um, commander greats. Uh, they're, they're Redskins. Washington Redskins greats. But uh, it was a great night, but I just wanted to uh, end it on the commander's absolutely horrible, horrendous name. It, it, what what <laughs> They spent this much time to come up with commanders. I absolutely despise it. My pick would have been Washington, found, uh, Washington Founding Fathers. But I digress. This has been another edition of Old School Sport. I hope you enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to have some people over, have a shit ton of food eat my weight in food i'll probably be in a food coma but don't worry i'll be up for the greatest halftime show in super bowl history make sure to check that out eminem until then thank you for listening give us a like on facebook old school sport give us a follow on twitter at old school sport follow me on twitter or instagram at victor Pusateri. until next time this has been another edition of old school sport